Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to This Week in WordPress and SaaS. It's episode 769. We've got a great guest. We've got the founder and CEO of Remus, Vova Fieldman, um, with us. Hopefully, I haven't butchered his name too much, which I'm notorious in butchering my guest's name. Kurt, unfortunately, can't be with us this week. He's on a training course Um got loads of exams to take what it is for i do not know he did not volunteer the information to me i did being english i didn't feel like i should ask him um but this should be a great discussion about all things of where wordpress is in almost half the year in which i cannot believe so um, Vova, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers of the show? Sure, of course. So first of all, you know, thanks for having me. Hello, everyone who is watching it live. Uh, I'm Vova, uh, founder and CEO at Freemius, uh, currently in Israel. Um, Freemius is an e-commerce for selling software online. Basically, we provide the entire uh, commercial infrastructure uh, so you can take your plugin theme or software product, uh, focus on its features, and we'll take care of everything related to the commercial side of things, which means payments, subscriptions, licensing, software updates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is a short brief about myself. And how long has it been in business? Uh, so Freemius is almost nine years old already. Well, time in- flies. In, well, WordPress years are a bit like cat years, so that means you're about 100 years old, doesn't it? Uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, before we go into this great interview, I've got a couple messages from our major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. Hi there, folks. It's Jonathan Denwood here, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that's Zolo.com. If you've got a WordPress website, a membership website, and you're looking to link it with a great financial management package, Zolo can provide this solution. So all your bookkeeping needs are done through Zolo. If you need new inbox email functionality and you don't want to pay the high charges that Google will charge you, Zolo offers a great email inbox platform. They've got over 50 apps and services that all integrate fantastic with WordPress at great value levels and they almost always offer a fully functioning free product as well. So it's just amazing value. Also, if you're a WordPress developer or agency owner, Zolo are looking for great partnerships in the WordPress space. 
To get all this information, all you have to do, folks, is just go over to Zolo.com and they have the products that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Zolo, for supporting WP Tonic and the Machine Membership Shows. It's much appreciated. We're coming back, folks. I just want to point out we've got some great special offers from some of our major sponsors, plus a curated list of the best WordPress plugins and services that will help you build, or if you're building a website for a client, be able to utilize the best tools. So you don't have to trawl the internet and try and read all those reviews and waste all that time. You can find all these goodies and special offers by going over to wptonic.com deals wp tonic slash deals and you find all the free goodies there what more can you ask for beloved audience so let's go let's go straight into it so i can't believe i don't know if you can over that we're almost half a year into 2023 where where it's gone i don't really know but we're in we're in july for god's sake but where is the wordpress um community where's the where's the platform is it growing is it declining or is it staying the same you know you you deal with a lot of people in the wordpress community in the professional side of the community so i thought this would be a great initial question so where where do you see the market at the present moment yeah sure um it's actually not a trivial question uh, because, like, how do you define what it means? Uh, whether the market is growing or not? Are we talking about, you know, the WordPress chunk relatively to the rest of the web? Are we talking about the web? Uh, so I will just kind of share my thoughts and observations, what I'm seeing. Um, I mean, it, it's clear that currently, you know, the, uh, the global economic situation is not in the best place. And, you know, uh, there have been many businesses that have been closed. And naturally, you know, those businesses uh, probably close their websites. So there is some decline. It doesn't mean that, you know, new businesses are not uh, appearing and building their websites. Uh, if we look on the WordPress market share, those are... Uh, public numbers, we see that there is some stagnation right now. I think in the past year or so, even, you know, the market share of WordPress in comparison to the web lost like a few percentages, but still we're talking about 40% of the web, which is pretty huge. I do think that right now there are new opportunities and kind of new markets that emerged into WordPress. And the two leading ones, there is the global trend of AI. So it's a it's a new market, something that didn't exist before. So there are like new opportunities, and even if you had you know a fully functional website before, you may still want to introduce some AI powered products to enrich your you know uh, writing experience, images experience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And obviously there is the whole page builders and you know the uh, the new editor that we have which makes WordPress much more accessible, or hopefully that's the vision, right? That's what we are aiming for. Much more accessible to people that previously uh, had challenges to work with WordPress and had to have some basic understanding of, you know, 
HTML, maybe a little CSS, but now they can, you know, drag and drop things and the experience is becoming much more friendly and accessible, similar to other competing SaaS solutions out there. In terms of, you know, the, the kind of CMS and websites, um, the, still WordPress is the leading open source project. So there are the Wixes and the Webflows and the Squarespace, and they're great, but they're still not offering that open source free solution that is starting free, let's say, and attracting audience from, you know, different places and also gives the level of flexibility that WordPress offers today. There are some other open source projects, uh, but they're like more complex, like Drupal, uh, and obviously have much smaller market share. So I do think, you know, we're not going to see WordPress disappearing anytime soon. Um, it's a bit hard to say exactly, you know, what's happening. Well, what I'm trying to yeah. gauge from you is, you know, you talk to a lot of plugin theme, a lot yeah. of people in the professional WordPress community. What's the general vibe? Is it upbeat or is it you're getting a lot of people? I think it's uh, stagnation. It's stagnation. That's what, you know, many people see. Again, there are those new kind of markets that are growing right now. Because there is more hype around that, more interest, there are opportunities to reinvent things when it comes to you know the uh, those new technologies I would call them. Uh, so, so those what, markets are naturally growing. Yeah. So have you got any thoughts about why you? Because I agree with you. I don't think there's a dramatic decline, but I don't think there's any real substantial growth. And I think that's been the position now for us getting on to two years now. Um, have you got any thoughts what are some of the drivers around that stagnation? Yeah, probably the economic you know, situation right now in the world. Uh, I would say that probably that's the main thing. There are also you know, other solutions that we can't ignore that are eating some of the market you know, uh, of the marketplace of WordPress, but this is natural. It was always the case. Well, I've got a, I've got a slightly different take on this, actually, mm-hmm. that I want to put to you and then get your input. And then we move on to the next question. Um, I don't think it's the economy at all. Actually, traditionally, um, it was... It, when I came to America, I'm a joint citizen now. Um, it was just a year before the Great Recession hit, and I was working as a uh, as a web developer for a regional agency. And um, I got into WordPress for my for my freelance clients because they were looking for a cost effective way of building their website and they just they were cutting back on their budget they were um, looking to try and get more customers online and that drew me into the world of WordPress and WordPress actually gained market share as their economy got worse and worse for about a six-year period and I got more and more involved in it so traditionally I feel WordPress does quite well as any market. I think the biggest driver is um, the semi-train wreck of Gutenberg. That's improved lately, and you can see it, the benefits of it, but I think it's dramatically damaged the whole ecosystem of WordPress for a couple of years, and it's been the major cause of the stagnation. Nobody will say that in public, 
most people won't, because they don't want to be punished, basically, um, for saying the truth, basically. So I've outlined a lot there. What's your, if you want to comment or if you want to, yeah, to sure. go, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think I think it's a valid point and definitely, you know, it created some friction, especially because the way the product was released to the wild and became the primary editor, it was still premature. You know, we're just seeing right now that it's getting like yeah. better traction. So you are right that during that period, if I just found WordPress by chance, you know, and I'm not an agency or a professional like freelancer that had the experience to work with WordPress and know how I can you know, work around that and use the classic edit or things like that. I agree with you that it probably oh, pushed away uh, some people. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say that I think, you know, that your point that you said that the recession actually pushed WordPress to grow, it's totally valid. But I feel that when you get to 43% of the web, mm-hmm. it's like you are maxed out already. You yeah. know, like how much more can you grow from yeah. there? It's enormous. So I think whatever is happening, you are already in that position that it's more about how do I retain that level yeah. of market share versus keep growing that because it's like it's well in a way growth. you could re, you could say that i'm correct but you could also say it really shows the strength of wordpress because because i i think the launch in the past couple of years have been a real train wreck i'm sorry i i, I don't think the leadership of wordpress have accepted their part in this train wreck. They haven't really learned. I haven't seen a lot of evidence they've learned much from it. We all make mistakes. You know, I've made some tremendous bad mistakes. I try not to make the same really bad mistakes because what did um, what was said, that's a sign of madness if you keep doing the same thing and wanting a different result. Uh, um so I try and learn from my mistakes and I, I try and be honest to myself and others about the mistakes I've made. Um, but I, I don't see any public statements or ability to accept and learn from those mistakes. I don't see any evidence of that at all. Uh, um, but maybe I'm being a bit negative. But on the other hand, it does show the strength of the community. I think yeah. the community have really gone out of their way, the professional WordPress community, to because obviously it also, it benefits us all. And yeah. it, um, we a lot of people, obviously there's the financial side, but there's also people that actually believe in the project um, to some extent. Um, so we want the best for it and for commercial and for ideological reasons. They've yeah. kind of stepped into the void and kept the ship upright, if you understand. But um, God bless them, really, because um, the leadership has been totally absent. I mean, it's not there, is it? You know, But I don't expect you to remark on that. Because I've lost patience. I don't care anymore. They can come after me as much as they like. I don't care, right? <laughs> I think we can, you know, have a whole episode just discussing about how the entire project is kind of ran and led and executed and all of that. Uh, 
which is interesting. I also have you know a lot of thoughts about that. But you, you did raise a, like an interesting point here about the commercial ecosystem. So it's not like like, like while you know the the new builder Gutenberg maybe negatively impacted some experience, but we've seen an emerge of multiple page builder companies that really made WordPress much more accessible than what it was before and actually drove growth to the entire WordPress market. So uh, I'll give an example of Elementor, right? So they right now, I think they have like 10% of the web, which is crazy, but they also drove growth to WordPress because they didn't market Elementor as a WordPress product. They marketed Elementor is an easy way to build websites and manage to attract designers and people who never worked with WordPress before to start using WordPress just because of Elementor. And it's Elementor is not the only company that managed to do that. So there is some balance. And luckily, we have those, you know, uh, that community and the builders that are trying to take the existing experiences and make them much better to improve the entire project, basically. Yeah, but don't get me fundamentally wrong, because in the same breath, I totally um, want Gutenberg to succeed. That's that's yeah, why. Yeah. If I, I didn't think we all want that. Uh, if I didn't really want that, I just wouldn't even talk about it, because in some ways yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bored with the subject. Uh, um, but it was fundamentally necessary that the editing environment be updated because it was the embarrassment. And it, also the, tech, the basic technology stack um, needed to be pushed into a stack that would attract new developers. Um, and it was becoming creaking. And in the cool developer crowd, WordPress was seen as a bit of a, a backwater somewhere that you just did work, but you really didn't want to do it. Um, some of that. We should have an episode about that. You know, I love yeah. that topic actually. So <laughs> yeah, maybe some of time. it was some of it was true. Some of it was cobblers, wasn't it? Like most things, isn't it? Uh, um, but um, so let's move on. Um, so. What you know, I think we chat. You know, I, I've mostly talked about the challenges, um, but I, I do think I do think with Gutenberg we can see things improving. We can see light at the end of the tunnel. They it, um, they've said with the latest round of changes that apart from UX and other improvements, the fundamental changes are probably um, going to end, and we're going to have a period of a bit more stability. Um, I do think the team behind Gutenberg have been doing a great job recently. I think they really um, are trying to get it to a standard. And also the third party. So where are the options? Do you think, because I think you're right, you know, when you've got 40, 43%, it's really hard to move it any further. Um so where do you see the opportunities? Where do you think there are some elements of growth in in this marketplace? Um, to whom? Well, to, I think... To whom? Well, I think, it, you know, we, we have a joint audience of WordPress professionals and also SaaS bootstrappers. I think both camps are facing some exhaustion, you know, um, 
where where is some real growth in the WordPress area and also in the bootstrap SaaS. I think there's only there's only so many subscriptions somebody can sign up for. Uh, um, so I think there's a little bit of ex- subscription exhaustion, as I put it, in the SaaS world as well. Um, so do you, I, I I think you probably aren't. Am I presuming that really we can only see that growth with AI, really? That's why everybody's getting so excited about it. Yeah, I think it's AI and also extensions for visual builders, whether it's, you know, Gutenberg or the third-party builders built by commercial solutions. That's kind of the place where you can, you know, reinvent the experience and come up with, you know, innovative ideas and really, like, I think we can all agree that in five, ten years, uh, like, the, the some builder will be the default experience. It's not going to be the the classic editor. People are not going to use that anymore. No. So the, the the way you interact with WordPress is going to be very different. I hope so. And I think this is what's happening right now. You're seeing a lot of plugin and theme developers that are coming up with absolutely different experiences. Uh, some of them also involve AI. Um, uh, like something interesting that I saw uh, in the uh, Human Made the AI conference, virtual conference that they've done. So several like theme companies um, done really interesting stuff with AI. How you can improve the experience, the onboarding experience for users, identifying different personas, how websites are being created. So it's all kind of interconnected between you know plugins, AI, new experiences. Uh, and those visual builders. So I think there are many opportunities there, and we are seeing those happening. Like in, in Freemius alone, you know, like we're seeing every few days new AI product starting to make their first sale. I'm not saying register to Freemius. I'm saying starting to make their first sales. So there is definitely significant growth uh, in that direction. I would also mention that. I feel that today the WordPress ecosystem is much more mature than what it was before. And whether it's for plugin, theme developers, SaaS builders, or freelancers, uh, it's a tougher competition mm-hmm. because there, there are more people and players in the space and they're, they are more professional. You know, people already... Uh, have like marketing uh, knowledge, like the the days of the developer that just, you know, pops into WordPress and successful just by being a developer, I feel it's no longer there, you know. It's it's difficult. I think also, I think we saw a land grab by the major hosting companies. Um, They knew that hosting in general was being, was, Becoming a, a um, I'm lost for the word, um, losing some of its shine, and they went in and bought a number of plugin um, to get to get eyes, to get customers, but also to build some 
difference between the hosting. Um, I think that hasn't worked out that well, be quite truthful. And I think the reason for that is um, the Indian um, subcontinent, the Far East, um, coding shops entered the market. Uh, and They can't be bought because they're not registered in the US or in Europe. So they're less attractive to purchase. And I don't think they're on the market. I think they can see enormous growth and they're looking to keep private. They're not on the market to be sold anyway. So um, I think that strategy, this is only coming from me, um, I don't think that strategy of entering the market and just buying a load of plugins has worked that well for a number of these hosting companies. What, what's your view about that? Uh, I think, you know, for some it worked better, for some not so much. It also depends what they do after they acquire the company yeah. and how much freedom they give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that if we're looking on you know, WP Engine, who acquired um, Delicious Brains, yeah. uh, like many of their products, I, I think they, you know, actually pushed the gas on the paddle and improved the products. And I, I am seeing like some good momentum. Yeah, there. I tell you, because they're a pretty polished team, aren't they? Jason's a friend of mine. Um, the executive team, there are pretty sharp people and it's a pretty yeah. slick. So, so I think it depends on the acquirer, you know. Yeah. While others may be acquired, you know, for different purposes and different reasons, maybe they needed the talent and not the products. So uh, I would say that it, it really depends, but you are right that in general, like overall, if we generalize, I feel that, um, you know, those products that were acquired by hosting companies, uh, they, they they didn't like. They're probably not going to fulfill their future. No, I think you've got. You've made a good point because look, look at Liquid Web, which is now renamed Solid. Now and under Devon yep. and some of the other leadership, Devon, um, Matt, yeah, they're great people. You know, Devon's. Um, I would say we're is a personal friend as well. He's a great. He's a great. He really understands the WordPress professional community. Um, I think rebranding solid it was a good idea. It's made it, the branding was, I think, was successful. The name choice was good. And I think under that team, uh, as long as they allowed their independence, I think they're doing a great job myself. Uh, um, I, I think the acquirers that, you know, basically acknowledge the talent that they acquired and let them kind of, instead of shifting them to do other things, but actually gave them the resources to push forward what they were already, what they already knew they need to go and the direction that they had, you know, they're the one that succeeded. But others that had, you know, different interests from those acquisitions, maybe it was successful, by the way, for those hosting companies. It's just how do you measure that success? You know, like maybe for them, their VPs, looking on the KPIs that they're measuring, and it's a super success. But from us, from the, you know, as outside, there is that looking on kind of the product versus the strategy behind the acquisition, it maybe looks for us, you know, that it, it didn't work uh, great. 
Well, I think the initial purchase from Liquid Web of these plugins was a bit of a dog's breath. I think they're pulling it back because they got they all they were lucky. They in that buying, um, they bought some really excellent talent, and they they've woken up and they're deploying that talent and giving it the freedom to yeah. to. I'm, I'm, try, I'm not trying to be too harsh to develop the product in a way that it actually gets an end result for the purchaser. Um, I've been, I've been, I think before this team was allowed the freedom, I think it was going... I, I have no in, in um, special knowledge. I'm, I'm, only a, I'm only making my own personal assessment. Um, I think it was going off the rails pretty bad. Um, but I think it's pulling back because they've got a really good team. But that's my own personal view there. Uh, um, I think we're going to go for our break. <laughs> to, oh, I think I've dug a hole for myself, listeners and viewers. I think I'm going to get a few emails about these comments, but who cares? Uh, um, I don't. Um, uh, um, um, we're going to go for our break, folks. We'll be back in a few moments. Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show we're coming back folks i just want to point out if you're looking for a great wordpress hosting provider that specializes in membership and community-based websites why don't you look at wp tonic we've got over 15 years i've been running this podcast for eight years we're a boutique hosting provider that offers a lot to our professional partners um if that's of interest and you've got regular clients and you're doing build outs in the membership community space why don't you go over to wp tonic slash partners wp tonic slash partners and have a look at what we got to offer you the wordpress professional so um i think you touched on this but you know i've if somebody was coming to you with a wordpress plugin um with a, a wordpress See the theme market, you know. Um, I see great. What what is a theme in twenty twenty three with full site editing? You know, I see great opportunities for small coding shops in the new world of of a theme. But what is a theme in the world of Gutenberg and full site editing? But I do see opportunities there. It's like you can you can see the opportunity, but it's still out of reach 
it's like you you can see it. You can see all the power. You know, I think um, Ben from Cadent, you know, Cadence WP, but that's part of Liquid. Where you know they bought a real star there. What an amazing developer and WordPress individual Ben is with building. You know, WP Cadence from the ground up. What a what a coder. Uh, um, almost as good as Pippin Williams, and you know, I had the pleasure of interviewing Pippin a few times. A great coder as well, great entrepreneur. Um, so you you can see the possibility. So do you see? I can see the fee market being very different, but I can see a lot of growth in that if they if we can get over this hump. But also the plugin. Do you, if somebody came to you, where would you say? Where do you, what would you advise them if they were looking to build something? Can they, they could get hold of you for some advice? Yeah, so one thing that I want to mention is uh, like all those builders actually opened up the themes market to non-developers. <laughs> so if we're talking about, you know, the whole templates ecosystem, now if you're a designer, you can go open one of those editors you know, create a nice design, save it to a JSON file uh, with, you know, images and all of that and sell it to others. Because many people, you know, who are buying themes, the first and foremost, you know, thing that they're looking for is the visual. And depends again on the complexity of the website and what do you need. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like saying that, you know, every website starts with the visual. Uh, And I think this is something that we'll see significantly growing as it will become more accessible. Um, In terms of your question, you know, what will I recommend when someone, you know, who is looking to get into the plugins ecosystem, uh, I will ask them a bunch of questions first to understand what they really want to do because I feel exactly what I mentioned before, because the market has matured, just starting something and hoping that it will work and it will, you know, turn that into a business that you can, you know, leave your day job and focus on that. I think that that is not happening anymore. So you need to come um, with more strategy in place and do some analysis, understand you know, what you're trying to build, how big is what you're trying to build, do some assessment of the market, you know, whether understand the, your audience, whether they have money to pay for what you want to sell them, you know, run those calculations. Uh, I think that, you know, in the past, uh, because WordPress was still early on and there were kind of, because there are no a lot of products out there, Many products just became market leaders because that was the only product. It was early enough. So it, you know, they they managed to take a big market share and then, oh, cool. I have, you know, 100,000, 203 million active installs. I can release a paid version and some of those will convert. And in that scale, most likely I can already, you know, uh, focus on that full time. But this is not the case anymore. You know, it's very hard to build that active installs base, even with freemium products and the WordPress Authority because of all the competition out there. Uh, my cat here is really interested to be part of the interview. 
I don't know if you see that. We're pet friendly, don't worry. Yeah. I don't know if you see the closet behind the door suddenly open. He was sitting there the entire day and opened the closet. So, uh, uh, you know, if I run a YouTube cat um, channel, I'll make a lot more money than interview people in <laughs> WordPress. I monetize my you. I would get a hundred thousand views per video. It was just filled with cats. I know, sure. I know my place, baby. You know, so. Um, yeah. So, so I think you, you need to, you know, my, my advice would be uh, to, to do some research yeah. uh, and preferably choose an, a market with an audience that um, have money. Yeah, I've because been, if you're I've, trying, yeah. yeah, I've been a bit negative a little bit in this. In, I don't think too negative. I've just been straight in this interview, with, you know, but on the other hand, I'm always amazed at the quality of, of a lot of the WordPress people. Look look at Jill from um, Fluent Fluent Forms. You know, if you said to me a new player in the form area could get that amount of traction and then build, what, build one of the best CRM systems in WordPress um, that was really missing in the WordPress um, plug-in environment, a good CRM system, um, and they built it. And with the form, with Fluent Forms, great team, great developer, great person, you know. And there's just a load of those type of people. I'm always amazed at the quality of, of the people I meet. So, um, some some aren't so great. But um, in general, I'm always amazed at the quality. Would you agree with that? With the quality of people in work? Yes, yes. For sure, for sure. I have many friends, you know, that over the, like people that were acquainted, you know, I just got to know through WordCamps, uh, but we became like really good friends right now. So I, I can definitely agree. Not everyone, you know, you, it depends on your personality and everything, but I definitely feel that I connected with so many people in our ecosystem. Uh, one thing that I want to mention about the forums point is that many people who are starting, you know, a new product, they're thinking, oh, I need to invent something new that no one else have done before. And I think that that's actually the much harder way to do it. It's much easier to actually tackle a mass market solution whether it's SEO or backups or whatever, something that every WordPress website need. So yes, you are starting as an underdog with zero market share, but it's enough that even if you conquer 1% or 2%, it's a huge market. While if you choose a niche that it's like very narrow because it's something unique and innovative and no one done that before, then you're starting out with a potential 1% market of overall of WordPress. And even if you take 10% of that market, which is much harder than taking 1%, right? It's 0.1 versus the 1% that you can take if you go for a missed market solution. So I actually feel that, and not feel it, I'm saying that, that it's, if you want to grow a, a business faster and get to that financial, not independence, but the ability to, to uh, rely on that income, uh, I would recommend to go for, you know, choose a, a, a problem that has no one like uh, 
leaders in the space, figure out what else you can do there, preferably something in the user experience, because the experience of buying something many times relies on the UX, you know, something on that aha moment that you install something and this is exactly what I needed. Boom. Okay. Why should I go and search for other things? You know, I can just buy it and move on. I, I, I think you're totally spot on. And I, I think to hammer away a point, I think that was the fundamental, one of the fundamental mistakes of the Gutenberg project when it was initially launched was that for obvious, for obvious reasons, it was developer driven. Um, and, and also it's a problem with open source any open source project, it's easier for developers to come in, do a ticket, jump out. That was pointed out to me. You need a much more full-time team and upfront investment and and commitment to spend the time and energy of working out your UX interface and something they will, and it's been something that has improved recently, but it's something that was woefully underrated and underinvested when the project was launched to a level that's was mind-boggling, really. But it is what it, it is what it is, basically. You love uh, the project. I see you love the project. You love the Gutenberg project. <laughs> well, I do actually because I, I really because it is it, really necessary for it to be worked out and right. for it to be a big success. But I'm just not prepared not to see the failings because if they're not, if there is an honest discussion, um, in the end, it will lead to ultimate. Disaster, but there we go. So, um, so if you if you if you were king of WordPress, if you were the big huncho, you had all the control. What are some of the things that you would love to change in the WordPress professional marketplace? If you had the power, if you were given the wow. ring, what would you do? That that's a. Uh... An interesting and challenging question. I think that one thing that I'm seeing problematic right now, which ties to what you mentioned, that WordPress is developed by developers, is that on one hand, we are going to that direction of making WordPress more friendly and accessible. But on the other hand, you still need to deal with a WordPress admin dashboard. So, which is not very user-friendly. And it also leads to kind of two experiences that you need to learn. You need to navigate through the builder and you need to navigate through the WP admin in order to make things happen. So if I had control, you know, of the WordPress project, I think a relatively, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say, you know, there are like many volunteers and many decisions that needs to happen for that. But... I would try to have an improved onboarding to WordPress to determine the level, the persona that is installing WordPress and going to use it. And based on the persona, show a slightly different experience. So if you are a developer and you want to have kind of access WordPress uh, like inside out, then... You know, you get the, the full experience, but if you are just my mother, right? 
then you don't want that. You just want to drag and drop things, see how they look and click on the publish button. And this is, I think, like if we're looking on the competitors out there, the Wixes, Squarespaces, that's the experience they have. And there's a reason for that. You know, it's cohesive, it's easier, the onboarding is faster. Uh, it does add some challenges to people who are, you know, building extensions and all this uh, capabilities on top, but it's definitely doable. And again, my mom don't need to do many of the things that are, you know, available mm -hmm. in WordPress. So I think this is just, you know, one thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, um, some people say because it's open source and that um, you you can't really get fundamental improvements. I totally disagree. I, I, obviously, because it's a platform and you can do so many things, it can never. Um, but I say that Wix and um, Squarespace and they're they're getting more and more complicated because they're adding more and more elements to their platform um, but it's the other way around there in order to use those elements you need to unlock them right yes. on, our, on, on our side it's the opposite you get like yeah. everything you're yeah. overloaded and then different plugins and things yeah. that you can install to hide some of those complexities so i think the experience could be kind of divided based on the persona and it, it's very easy to do that technically so that's kind of the perspective. Yeah, but I'm sure it can be improved. But I think a lot of like back back to my my hobby horse, I think a lot of the energy that could have um, been moved to that side of things have been have had to be thrown into sorting out Gutenberg because it, you know you're on, you're on almost the fourth year. It, like I say, you can see the end of the the tunnel now. You can see. You know, the full site editing, I think personally, I think that's a bridge too far. I think you, you could have that available as a kind of professional option. There's a lot of things that can be talked about. Um, that good news for me, really, for a podcast, isn't it? Uh, um, so, so this wrap out because we're going, this has been a great discussion, but. If you could, if you had, um, obviously I'm English, um, I'm originally from England, so I was a great watcher, Doctor Who and the TARDIS. So if you had your time machine, your TARDIS, and you could go back a few years when you were starting Vremius, um, what, what, what one or two things you'd love to be able to tell yourself that would have helped the journey be a little bit less painful? <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it's a challenging question, you know, because everything that we've done, there was a reason and learnings and this is how, like all the mistakes that, that you make on the way, uh, they make you stronger. So obviously, if I could knew the mistakes that we've done in advance and avoid them, that could have been uh, perfect. Um Yeah, I think, you know, if there was one thing, um, I would say we would, like, we should have probably looked and build a better feedback loop when it comes to working with agencies. 
So one of the things that, you know, we started out and our product was towards developers. And I'm a developer, I build plugins, so I really understood a persona. And this is a network that we build and the community that we built. Uh, and our mindset was kind of, you know, building from, from the, there was the developer that understood very well, but from a user perspective, we really focus on the DIYer versus an agency. And I think over the years, we realize that those personas are very different and have different needs. And I think that if we had a better kind of feedback loop, which right now we're trying to build around that, uh, to better understand, you know, agencies, their needs, um, I think we could have saved ourselves a lot of, you know, headaches. Well, I think you made a really great point there, and it's a point that's misunderstood from the people that typically listen to this type of podcast or part of the community that you were part of, is that there's a whole agency environment out there, regionally based, um, Pacific niche, Pacific industry sectors. Um, They utilise WordPress, but they have no active involvement in the WordPress community in any shape or form, apart from utilising the technology. Nor Nor do they have any interest in being part of that community because their focus is building relationships in their town, city, region. I I saw that when I was working for a major Northern Nevada um, digital agency, PR agency. The um, owner and founder's um, concentration was building political and community relationships with people that could give her contracts, basically. Uh, um, that's what she was engaged in. Um, she had no interest in any shape or form in being involved in the WordPress, but they utilised WordPress almost every week for client websites. And they're, they're not... That's a whole side that a lot of people don't understand, do they? Yeah. So I think, you know, while I have this opportunity as we are talking about the topic, you know, we would love to talk with agencies like to get their perspective of the experience they're having with Freemius and what we can do to make it better. Right now, we're lacking that feedback. We're getting it, you know, kind of sporadically, but like I would love to have some sort of a community that I will have, you know, a relationship with agencies that can share what they need and we would love to kind of improve the product for them. Right. To finish off, are there any people, not only in the WordPress, but in general, um, through their blog posts, their Twitters, is there anybody out there, a couple of names that you, when you see any content that they're published through Twitter, through blog posts, through a newsletter that you follow yourself, that you like to share with the audience, that you, when you see something coming, you think, oh, I'll, I'll just stop for a couple of seconds and see what they're saying. Are there any names you like to share? Yeah, I think I enjoy. Um content and discussions uh, on post status. Uh, this is something that I find useful. I've been horrible. Uh, I've been horrible to them. I, I take the mickey. And so I think they take it okay. I think sometimes they don't appreciate my English humour, really. But here we go. <laughs> uh, so there is that. I, I enjoy, you know, following 
uh, other builders on Twitter just to see the challenges they're facing, uh, different things that are some of, of them are like sharing more. Um, I relatively recently discovered, I don't know if you know this guy, Arvid. Uh, he is a podcaster uh, from Canada, I think. Mm. Uh, he, he's talking about like building in public and I think it's just very interesting, the, you know, the thoughts that he's having about building in public and uh, kind of bootstrapping and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, there are, you know, many people that I kind of follow. Uh, I wouldn't say there is like one person that, no. you know, is, you know, yeah. No, I, think I, think, all... I think you did a good job there. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> what's the best way for people to find out more about you and Freemius in general? What's, what's the best channels to find out what you're up to and what the company's up to? Yeah, so Twitter is definitely, you know, the place uh, where I hang. Uh, Vova Feldman, exactly as it sounds. Um, I'm also on other social networks, but Twitter is probably the one that I'm uh, mostly engaged. Freemuse.com slash blog. We have tons of content, um, business and marketing, you know, content for product people. We just launched Plugin FM. Uh, this is the logo here which is a, a, a fresh new podcast uh, for software makers, uh, you know, lifestyle businesses in a software space where we bring people just to, you know, share uh, things that from their experience, first-hand experience that others can apply in their own business. Uh, I'm all over. It's very easy to find me. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to engage and chat with people and, being as available as possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. And thanks for being such a great guest on the show. I, I think Thank this you. interview has gone slightly different directions than some of your other recent interviews. I, I didn't want to duplicate the, the great discussions that you've had on some other podcasts recently. I think we've covered some areas that weren't covered in those particular interviews. Um, you've dealt with my madness very effectively. I can see that you're a seasoned, a seasoned founder, CEO of great ability. Uh, we Thank will you. be back next week with another great interview or internal show. Um, we'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.